Well, good morning. It's good to see. I don't know about you, but um, I love to receive invitations. How about you? Can, uh, can you remember, take a, take a trip back a little bit? Uh, for some of us, it's going to be a, a little bit longer of a trip, but uh, back to grade school. Can you remember when you got that first invitation in, in grade school to a, to a classmate's birthday party? Can you remember? How about, uh, how about junior high? Uh, the, the invitation to your very first true boy-girl party. Now, being good Nazarenes, none of us went to that, right? Okay. But can you remember? Yeah. Imagine with me just a minute this morning. If you could receive an invitation today from the President of the United States to a special event at the White House, putting politics aside, I think that probably all of us would respond to that, right? What a thrill that would be to receive a personal invitation from the President himself. This morning we're going to talk about uh, an invitation that we have all received to the event of the ages. We, uh, we see the invitation in, uh, recorded for us in Matthew chapter 22, verses 2 through 9. Matthew chapter 22. Jesus is speaking, and, and he says, The kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his servants to those who had been invited to the banquet to tell them to come, but they refused to come. Then he sent some more servants and said, Tell those who have been invited that I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and fattened cattle have been butchered, and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But they paid no attention and went off. One to his field, another to business. The rest seized his servants, mistreated them, and killed them. The king was enraged. He sent his army and destroyed those murderers and burned their city. Then he said to his servants, The wedding banquet is ready, but those I invited did not deserve to come. Go to the street corners and invite to the banquet any you find. Now, we'll all recognize that this is a parable of Jesus, and a parable is a story that is told that has a hidden message. It is a, me it is a method that is used to convey that message to individuals who may be otherwise hesitant to receive it. 
And so this morning I want to look at it and to uh, investigate and try to discover together uh, what the message might be for us today. As we look at it, it's, there's a, a couple of obvious points. Uh, first off, when we think about the king, there's no question of who that would be. Uh, that would be God. And we have a wedding banquet. And again, obviously, having, uh, been, having read the scriptures and being familiar with them, uh, immediately we would recognize that this wedding banquet refers to the wedding feast of the Lamb that will take place at the end of the ages after Jesus Christ returns to earth and he calls his church, his bride, forward to be united with him eternally. We also have the Son, who obviously is Jesus Christ. So we have the King, we have the Bridegroom, we have the wedding feast. Obviously, we need guests to celebrate the feast together. And so we have the invited. And who are they? Well, obviously, who's the king going to invite? He's going to invite the members of his own court. These would be his generals, his advisors, his counselors, his chosen ones. Now, in the day of Jesus Christ, that would have been the Jews. And particularly, it would have been the scribes and the Pharisees. And they would have understood that. However, today, the invited ones, the ones of the king's court, his chosen ones, that's the church. That's you and me. We are the ones who have received the invitation from the king to join the festivities on the occasion of the wedding of his son. We are the ones who have been chosen to sit at the table in that great feast when the son is united eternally with his bride. Now, in the story, we come to the most critical point. The response. The invitations have been sent. And as is typical, uh, when invitations are given, there is some kind of an RSVP required. Right? And here it is. The day has arrived, and it is now time for everybody to respond and come to the feast. There's only one problem. We're told that they refused to come. They paid no attention. They simply went off. 
Is anyone else dumbfounded by that response? You have the king. You have the son. You have the wedding feast. It is the most important event. Not just of the year, but of the age. And no one comes. Implication is simply this. It wasn't a priority for them. It wasn't important enough for them. The wedding of the son was not a priority. Their relationship with the king was not a priority. They had become distracted. They had other things to pursue. And really, they were not bad things. We're told that one went off to his field, one went off to his business. The implication is that, that these were the very things that they were called to do within the kingdom. So they were out there and they were busy doing the things of the king. This was their job. This was their task. This is what they did for the kingdom. But as they were engaged in kingdom business, they lost sight of the most important thing. The king himself. The result, as they became distracted from the one goal toward which all the energies and the resources of the kingdom were focused, the result was disaster. They completely lost their place in the kingdom. They were removed and destroyed. The message. What could Jesus Christ be trying to say to you and me through this brief parable. Simply this. We need to watch and be careful. Lest we too, having been chosen for participation in the kingdom and invitation to the wedding feast, lest we too become distracted from the priorities of the king. How do we avoid falling into the trap and the dangers 
of those we read about in the, in the parable. What can we do to maintain an unwavering focus on the commitments of the king himself? The answer lies in another invitation that we have received. It's the one that Chaplain Nels has selected for our theme for the year. Matthew chapter 4, verse 19. It's the simple invitation. Come, follow me. This simple invitation literally means stand in my shadow. Walk in my footsteps. Abide in my presence until the patterns and the priorities of my life begin to flow through you. Come, follow me until you become like me. And it's amazing. I, I, I find it very interesting that in relationship to this invitation, come follow me, become like me, the one characteristic that Jesus pulls out that he wants our lives to become patterned after. The one characteristic that he wants to be the evidence that we have actually been in his presence and we have lived in his shadow and we have walked in his footsteps, that one characteristic is this. Come, follow me, and I will make you Not great preachers. Not even holy people. Everything that Jesus could have chosen there, the one characteristic is this. Come, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Jesus himself is saying that the one characteristic that he most wants to see in us that proves that we have lived in his presence is that we will become fishers of men. The critical point of the parable seems to be simply this. The one way, the most sure way to keep our focus on the priorities of the kingdom and the king 
is that we would be engaged continuously in going out to the street corners and inviting others into the wedding feast of the Lamb. Because that is the passion, that is the priority of the king, and the more that we are engaged in that activity, the more that that priority, the more that that passion is reinforced in our own heart. And when that passion, that priority burns within us, there's no becoming distracted. There's no becoming lost, even in the good work of the kingdom. Since last Friday, Marsha and I have been uh, answering a lot of questions. The most common question we are asked is, why are you leaving NBC? The truth is that there's a number of reasons for that. However, one of the most significant reasons is that we both have close family members. who are not saved. If the call today. We could not sit beside them at that wedding banquet. After 35 years, of ministering to the families of other persons, there came a point where we had to ask, Who's going to minister to our own families? Who's going to be answerable ultimately? To God. 
for the reason that they will not spend eternity with him. I came a bit, became a bit uncomfortable with the answer to that question. God may not be asking you to quit your job and to move halfway across the United States. However, he does invite each and every one of us to recapture the passion of his heart for the lost. No one here understands the the tyranny of ministry more than me. When we're we're talking about the ministry, (laughs) everything is important. Every task that we do has kingdom implications. But it's so easy to get caught up in the important that we miss the best. In in the midst of the the hectic clutter and chaos that, that ministry can often become, still small voice still calls out to us come follow me and I will I will make you fishers of men the invitation is still ours. (laughs) The question is, will we make it the priority of our lives? Can we set aside the good for the best? Where does the priority and passion of the king have a place in our lives? On a daily basis. How will we keep ourselves from becoming distracted by all the tasks and the responsibilities of the kingdom so that we can keep our eyes focused on the one thing that pleases the king the most and keeps our heart united with his.
And that invitation is yours and mine today. Come, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And we have not just the opportunity, we have the responsibility to respond. RSVP required. This morning we're, we're going to close with a song. Um, as we do that, God asks each one of us to respond. There ought to be at least one person on our hearts this morning that we know God has placed in our lives specifically because we are the most likely person who will be able to share with them the good news, the great news of Jesus Christ. <laughs> and extend to them the invitation of the King. There is a seat for you at my banquet table. I would say probably each and every one of us already have an image in our mind of who that person is. I invite you, the King invites you. Will you once again make that person the priority? of your life. I can hear my Savior calling. I can hear my
Please pray with me. Heavenly Father, we offer ourselves to you. Help us not to become distracted as we move along this path of life. But instead, may we be diligent to recapture, to cherish, to preserve the passion and the priority of your heart. And Lord, as, as you have laid upon us, upon our hearts, those individuals for whom we may, we may be the only one to extend to them your invitation. Lord, help us to be diligent with that. Help us each and every day to commit ourselves to be the one who will share, who will speak, who will love, who will minister. Until we can celebrate again that they will join you at the great wedding feast of the Lamb. We thank you that we have been given this great privilege. And we pray, Lord, that by your Holy Spirit, we will have the power and the grace and the heart to do it well. And it is in the name of Jesus Christ that we pray these things. Amen.